Oh, it was a wild weekend, folks. I'm still feeling it, kind of, I guess. I don't know. Fr- Friday, I was uh, I was drinking on Friday. I went out with a couple of buddies. I went to uh, go to uh, one of the comedy clubs and hang out for a little bit with the comics. And then I went to go meet some friends who were finished a concert. And they just wanted to have a nightcap or whatever the hell thing. So we went to a, a bar close by to where I live. And we were just pounding back shots. We were just pounding. Like the, the, this girl that I know, a friend of mine, she just kept giving me shots of Jameson. And I'm trying to keep it light throughout the night. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking lighter beer when I go out now. I'm trying to do more of the, the Bud Lights. And I know that's like they take your man card away when you start drinking that kind of shit. It's either Bud Light or Coors Light. Bud Light's a little lighter. But I was trying to do that, and they just kept doing the shots. And I woke up the next morning just at like 2 p.m. I had a whole day plan where I wanted to vacuum. I wanted to get my apartment together. No, no, no such tasks were carried out. I, I was literally in and out of a coma the entire rest of the day. It felt like I had drank an entire Tom Waits album. And it was brutal. So I, I stepped away from the booze Saturday, and I feel like that's that's what I'm doing now. I feel like I'm out. I uh, the way that I describe my drinking, I really am an over exaggerated, uh, an over exaggerating prick. I really do dramatize and embellish certain things I'm finding, or maybe embellish is the wrong word, but I am kind of this guy who, like I I, I guess over exaggerating is the correct way to describe it where like the, even on stage I do this where I tell these stories like the way I describe my drinking you would think that I'm waking up in the middle of the afternoon in random people's garages like just some random neighbor with a family he just walks in in the morning and just sees me lying naked next to the lawnmower and the leaf blower fucking chases me off his property with a hacksaw no but that's not me I just have really bad moderation and I feel like I gotta nip this in the butt I, I'm 30 now I'm kind of done with that point in my life I don't want to be 30 31 32 I'm very good with numbers and be that guy who's just sitting around the bar fly I want to move on with my life I, I I feel like I have plenty more life to live I just feel like this chapter is behind me I, I like when you first start drinking at 15 16 whenever it was you had your first beer and you're drinking the Coors Lights, and you're drinking the Molsons and this and that, you're put under the spell in a way. I mean, at first, your body might react to it. It might reject it. You might puke. You might do whatever. You might get someone pregnant. But that was not me. But I, you really are, uh, you, you really go down the wrong path. There is, again, you're so naive at that age, and just... You, you do feel like, okay, like there's there's very little consequence to this, right? My hangovers are not as heavy. Uh, I can drink day in, day out, and just keep going. You really do feel almost like you can continue doing this the rest of your life, and that's how I felt. I remember those nights with my friends, 17 years old. We I had a, I had a close-knit group of guys. We weren't popular, so we weren't going to the parties. We weren't doing anything. We would just walk around the neighborhood with a backpack full of Bud Light full of piss warm Bud Light and we would just set up shop next to I don't know a park bench or someplace that was secluded where we could just booze and smoke cigarettes and and do whatever and that was that was our Saturday night it felt kind of like it, it's kind of like the way 
old gangs from like the 1960s, 1950s, 60s, where it would be like those old greaser gangs where everybody would have a knife, but one guy in particular, he would be the guy with the piece. He would be the guy with the gun. And when a car was driving by, like, oh, hey, hey, they're, they're coming. Yo, yo, Paulie, pull out the piece, whatever. And he'd pull out the piece. And that's what it kind of was for us with backpacks of beer. Just one guy would have a Jansport full of piss warm beer. And that was the life. That was the life that we led. And you really do feel invincible at that time. It was like, it really, alcohol is the devil's semen. That was probably, okay, that's probably the wrong allegory, I suppose, or metaphor, whatever that, whatever the fuck. But you really do almost feel uh, like you can just continue doing it. When in reality at that age, you, you do only have a good five, six year window, solid drinking with very little physical consequence. And then around 25, 26, it starts going downhill and the hangovers get heavier and you start gaining a little more weight and it really fucks with you. And that's what it feels like to me. Like I have hangovers now. If I, if I do crazy drinking, I feel like it's only going to get worse if I keep going, but I'll have hangovers now where I will just doze off in the middle of the day. I will just doze right off. Like even when I'm doing something, I'll be in the middle of a task or a chore and I'll just feel my eyes closing and I'm, I'm out. Like if I feel like I ever need to go for a heavy operation, all you really need to tell me to do is just, I don't know, down a couple tequila shots the night before and not eat. I, I will be asleep before I reach the hospital. Ugh. It's going to be a, a wild Christmas. I'm, uh, I really don't know how I feel about it. We have our uh, relative coming in, uh, flying in from Hollywood. His name is Alec Baldwin. And uh, again, he has made the news recently. And my parents really don't know how they're going to handle this. But again, he is family, Irish Catholics. We all have to stick together. We hate each other, but we have to stick together. And he is coming in. And uh, based on the recent news... We really don't know how to handle this. We really don't know what kind of volatile person we are going to be having sitting at our table. We're not giving him any tasks. We don't want to give him any inanimate object that he can possibly turn into a weapon. We just want him. We're not even letting him handle the gravy boat. Because that has a handle that's similar to a revolver. Whatever. But, yeah, we're uh, we're not. I don't know where this bit is going. Uh, I don't know what to say about Alec Baldwin that hasn't already been said by the rest of the Baldwin brothers. Do you suppose they're happy? Because none of them really had a career. I think, who was it, Daniel Baldwin, who was on The Sopranos? He, he had like a couple episodes where he was in one of Christopher's movies. And Stephen Baldwin has done whatever his Christian weird religious Easter shit in some TV movie. I think he was, uh, I think he was Barney Rubble in that one Flintstones movie years back. But do you think they're happy about this? Like, obviously, it's their brother, and they got to put on that facade, like, oh, yeah, okay, we we can be your shoulder to cry on, man. But do you think that they're kind of, there's a part of them that's like, yeah, we uh, we manifested this. Because I feel like Alec Baldwin has had a very fruitful career in Hollywood. I mean, Hunt for Red October. He was in The Departed. He was in so many other, he was in the Mission Impossible movie. He was, I don't even think he was credited in that. He just has a role. In that movie, he's done, you know, a lot of great things. 30 Rock was a very funny show. 
he was hilarious on it. He was arguably the funniest character. Tracy Morgan was cool too, but yeah, I, I mean, like, what a fall from fucking grace. I don't know how they're gonna they're gonna rescue this movie that he's in. Are they are they gonna continue filming it? Even it's a movie called I think it's called Rust. It's called Rust. They gotta in order for that movie to make money at this point. I think they gotta get the fucking Avengers in there. I think you gotta get Captain America and Black Widow to just make cameos. No, Alec Baldwin is not coming over. That was a shit bit. I don't know where I was going with it, but I digress. I did go Christmas shopping. I did manage to go Christmas shopping. This was yesterday. And uh, I went up to Yorkdale Mall that's in North Toronto. It's like right on the border or close to. Took the train by myself. It was a beautiful day. I, I, I didn't drink on Saturday. I wanted to be up at least salvage my Sunday to, to do some shit. And I just walked around this giant mall. There's something about mall that it's possible for a mall to be too big to the point where you're like, this is just some billionaire's fantasy. We are literally being watched by a a cabal of witches right now who are just like they're, they're standing over a crystal ball like the Wizard of Oz, just laughing at us buying shit because we've fallen under their spell. It's just a bunch of billionaires, a bunch of green billionaires in witches' hats riding broomsticks. That's what I feel it is. You're just you're 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 just blinded by everything that's there, whether it's Bath and Body Works, whether it's it's uh, it's Starbucks, whether it's Nordstrom, whether it's uh, Walmart. A lot of the time they have attached to it. Everybody's just buying shit, whether it's Swarovski. And people are just spending money constantly. And I'm not going to be one of those comics who just goes, we're all consumers. We all got to, we're all fucking being fisted by the man, man. I'm not going to be that guy, even though it is absolutely true. But I like walking around, you're just in this maze of, of just stuff. And it is mesmerizing to watch. But, um, yeah, that was a that was a wild time. I eventually I went into the they have an Avengers store. That's just it. They have a fucking Avengers store, not a Disney store, but a Marvel store that is dedicated specifically to the Avengers. And you walk in the 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 it hasn't even been finished yet, but they are letting people come in and buy stuff. Everybody's got their masks on, everybody's doing this, and you're walking in and it's just all Disney Marvel shit. And it's barely any children. You might have one or two around, and they don't have parents. They're orphans. They're just coming in. But you have these people. The, a lot of them are 38 years old, and they're mesmerized by this shit. They're just taken back to that time where they're sitting on their living room floor at five years old. Their parents are fighting and, and, and hitting each other in the background. You can just hear them yelling. And they're just they're saved by Iron Man, who's on the TV, and the Incredible Hulk. And that's their life. So every waking moment that they are up, they are fixated on what's the new Avengers thing. And oh my God, is Spider-Man coming back? And oh my God, is Tobey Maguire going to be there? And is Tobey Maguire going to fucking, is he going to jizz on Dr. Octagon or whatever? Is he going to, how's he going to, how's he going to defeat Dr. Octopus? Is the Green Goblin going to be there? Is William, is Willem Dafoe going to be showing his uh, apparently huge cock in the film? Is there going to be, this is all very erotic. I don't know where I'm going. This is all just a, a series of unfinished, terrible bits, this recording. Uh, 
Gotta have my victory sip of uh, Diet Pepsi on the rocks. No, but it was wild. And then eventually I went up to the food court and I went on this tiny little mini rant last recording talking about how I, I, I went Christmas shopping the week before with my mom. And the two of us just kind of split up, did our separate thing. But then we went to meet up in the food court and we had to show our vaccine passports to get into this little closed off food court thing. It was like an encampment for depressed people who just want to eat Bourbon Street Grill. And we were sitting there and I remember just kind of thinking like, this is like dystopian. This is just so weird. I get up there. I get up to this food court at Yorkdale and it's even worse. I, I remember I went to get a sub because that was the shortest line. I went to get a meatball sub with very little lettuce. They had no jalapeno pepper, which I was bummed about, but I, I did get extra hot pepper, which was excellent. And I got a little bit of hot sauce and some chipotle. And I was, I was, I was zooted by this, if that's the term that the children, I think that means you're high, but fuck am I 30. And I, I pay for my thing and I look over, I'm trying to find a place to sit and I realize that they have the same exact operation at this mall as the mall that I was at last week, where everybody's showing their vaccine passports just to sit and eat uh, pho or whatever, KFC. I think they had a Chick-fil-A there that wasn't quite open yet. But I'm standing there, and I look, and it's like a cartoon. You just see, instead of just a couple people like last week, it is close to about 75, 100 people lined up with their families. Everybody's waiting to eat. Everybody's waiting for these people to finish up their food just so they can sit for 15 minutes. For 15 minutes and just eat. And at one point, there's a thing that happens where your principles kind of kick in, and I go, I'm not doing this. I'm not, I'm not just waiting here to eat by myself just to show my passport and just and, and eat by myself. So I left that fucking place. I grabbed my bags, whatever I had, and I went downstairs, and it was just I, – I, I literally went out into the parking lot by the entrance, and I just sat on – a little, it wasn't even a seat. It was just kind of the cement block, whatever. It wasn't the curb, but it was right by the window. I just sat by the window by myself outside of this mall, ate, eating a meatball sub in, I don't know, 10 degree weather. And I'm like, this is Christmas. I, I put Joe Rogan on. I was listening to a very special episode with, I don't know, some guy who believes that aliens and peacocks are hybrids of each other, whatever the fuck, whatever stupid thing that this guy was talking about. I'm listening in, and I'm just, enjoy I, I had no feelings in that moment. I, I feel like this is, if the afterlife could be this, I think it would be incredible. If I could just, I had no feelings, it was just complete Zen peace, very Buddhist. I know nothing about Buddhism, but if, if uh, I imagine that's what Buddhism is, and uh, if that's what I imagine, then it will be so. I believe that is a Buddhist principle, actually. I am talking out of my ass. I have no fucking clue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been a wild one. I don't really know else what I what I want to talk about. Do I want to review a movie? Do I want to do anything? I don't know. I've been watching a lot of those serial killer films, not the documentaries because there's too many of them on Netflix. But I am watching a lot of these old serial killer films, and I am starting to realize, like Zodiac, like Silence of the Lambs, which Zodiac is an underrated masterpiece, underrated fucking masterpiece. 
probably David Fincher's best film that he's ever done. Social Network's cool. Seven's cool. Fight Club is massively overrated, and I don't like that film. And if you like it, then I don't give a fuck. I, I don't. I don't care what you think. But Zodiac is really just this masterclass in tension. It's funny. It's extremely well-written. And I'm not trying to be this hyperbolic idiot, but it, it really is just this masterpiece that not a lot of people seem to know about. The people that have all seen it seem to enjoy it. There's people who are disappointed. I'm not going to spoil the ending or anything. But, I mean, it it's, again, about the Zodiac Killer in the 1960s. It, it takes place over the span of 10 years. And you just have these people who are trying to solve the mystery of the Zodiac, this guy who murdered only five people who eventually stops murdering these people, but they become obsessed with him even after he stopped killing to the point where it drives them crazy and nobody else seems to care about this. Everybody else seemed to move on and 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 the cops are doing other cases and all these kinds of shit. And they have to convince themselves, Jake Gyllenhaal and Downey and all these people, they have to convince themselves that this is still something that's important and significant and it's something worth investigating still. And it was just this amazing film. It's extremely fucking creepy. That's the thing about these serial killer movies is they are so, they're scarier than most horror movies. Any movie about a ghost, any movie about a guy in a ghost mask, you know, stabbing college kids, any movie about a fucking werewolf or a monster or anything like that. None of those movies are grounded in really a reality of any kind. Any any movie about a demon or Satan impregnating some chick like Rosemary's Baby, whatever, that movie's kind of boring. They're creepy, but they're not really based in a lot of reality the way these serial killer movies are. This is something that could happen. These are people that have existed among us that still do exist among us maybe not as common, but they still are around in some capacity. And there's just something extremely unsettling about that reality, that there are people out there that are willing to do that. So I find it fascinating. I mean, there's one scene in this movie Zodiac where they're questioning this guy. The cops are in this uh, lunchroom at this factory, and they're questioning this guy that they believe is the Zodiac killer. And I'm not going to go into extreme detail, but it is really just a conversation that they're having with this one guy. There's three cops versus one guy played by John Carroll Lynch, who's an amazing character actor. And you are just watching the shots. And it's something that isn't supposed to be cinematic, but they make it into something cinematic. That's why David Fincher and a lot of these directors, they're, they're geniuses in that way. Because they are able to take something that is inherently not supposed to be as entertaining, and they make it something that's investing and that you want to know more about. And this scene is just a, truly a masterclass. I don't know how many times I've used that word now, but it really is a masterclass in tension and the different shots and what they emphasize on in the scene and the close-ups and, and when to show a close-up of the guy's face. And it's it's just really a remarkable fucking scene. And yeah. Uh, and it's a funny movie. I mentioned that a second ago, but it, it is a, a humorous film. Downey Jr. is perfect in it as as his, you know, lovable douchey self. That's the thing. This movie came out before Iron Man. It became because Iron Man was seen as his big comeback, but it came out a year before Iron Man, and nobody talked about it. Nobody, everybody was just fixated on, oh, he's the guy who just dresses in these as a robot who can fly and shoot rockets and shit. Nobody cared about, oh, a year before he was in this great movie about finding the Zodiac Killer. I don't know. No, Nobody appreciates the good shit anymore. Nobody appreciates the stuff 
that has some level of substance. I mean, I'm not going to say everybody. It sounds super elitist when I say it because I, I do like that stuff. But I also do like every now and then robots beating the shit out of each other in the middle of downtown Chicago. I'm cool with that. You know, I'm I'm cool with the superheroes. I'm cool with every now and then a movie about lizards coming out of the ocean and, and using fucking battleships as swords to fight each other with. That's That stuff is cool. But I also want shit that's dramatic, shit that's grounded in reality, stuff like that. And I feel like movies like that are dying. Like I mentioned this before on another podcast, I almost feel like movie theaters in the next, not even 20 years, maybe 10 years, five years maybe, they're going to be extinct. There might be like one or two of them around. Their movie theaters are going to be treated the same way drive-in theaters are, right? Where a family will move into a new town and the real estate agent will go, you should really pick this neighborhood. This neighborhood's beautiful. You know there's a movie theater actually 10 minutes down the road. It's really cool. It's You, know, you should take your kids. It's really cool. That's how they're going to be talking about movie theaters. Uh, very similar to video stores, all that shit. Yeah, I feel like it kind of sucks. Anyways, that is me, everybody. Something's Off Podcast. Make sure you follow on Spotify. Something's Off Alex DeWitt on Instagram. Follow me on TikTok. I am not on Facebook. Fuck Facebook. I don't care how good that David Fincher social network movie is. I am done. Take